episode 220, Thor Ragnarok. Welcome to level seven. A podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Welcome to Level 7. My name is Ben, Ben Avery. And I'm here because I like to talk about Marvel stuff, like Marvel movies. And I am joined by two other people who are here because they like to talk about Marvel stuff, specifically Marvel movies. And they are, in no particular order, sitting to my left and right, whoever wants to go first. (laughs) Hi, I'm Stu. I'm here back again. Hi, and this is Agent Samantha, Ninja in Training. All right. And we are here not to talk about Inhumans. (laughs) (laughs) No. no. (laughs) I just have to say, uh, I honestly qualify last week's episode of Inhumans as the low point of the Marvel Cinematic Universe for me for a handful of different reasons. One of them being it just... It just is what it is, and I needed a palate cleanser. And so this was that. I agree with what you're saying, yes. sir. <laughs> we went and saw Thor Ragnarok. We did not go together because no. that would take about a 20 hour round trip. Um twice. <laughs> oh, that would be twice to make that happen. So right. oh no, oh no, it would be longer, much, much longer. I've made a similar trip before. It would be longer. Okay. Well, <laughs> to get up to to get up to stew would probably be only well, I'm just coming down. No, here's what's gonna happen. Samantha, you come to Ben and I'll go to Ben, and then that way we're right there. Well, I'm closest right. to the middle there, yeah. Yeah, so eighteen hours would be about right. Fifteen, eighteen, something like that. Anyway, no, we're not we're not doing not that. Do that. It's just not happening. <laughs> <laughs> it's just plain not happening. Uh, we can meet each other on Skype every mm-hmm. week or so and and talk about Marvel stuff, or we could talk about two different Marvel things in the same week, like Inhumans and Thor Ragnarok, which I don't think you could get more different. I mean, you could, mm-hmm. you could, but you'd have to work at it. Hmm. Hey, remember remember when um when when the movies and the TVs kind of interacted like Captain America and Shield? That that didn't happen this time. We did have uh the doctor's ex-boyfriend Dave call Crystal a god of thunder. Uh, right? Yeah. And yeah, and who got yeah. referenced as a god of thunder? Many, many times, or Lord of Thunder, depending on... It was Loki. That's who it was. Loki. (laughs) The bottom line here is, they did reference it, uh, but but how else are they... I mean, with Guardians of the Galaxy, they didn't really do anything to tie in, except for they included uh, a dead alien on that episode that was near around that time, I think. Do you remember the the tie-in to... Thor Dark World. <laughs> I do. <laughs> they showed up to clean up the mess. Yeah. It, that actually, in retrospect, worked better. I would have rather had that. You know, th- <laughs> let me say that. That yeah, scene itself was fine. Right. It was 
the fact that the story that came afterward didn't tie into that scene at all, but still had to do with with uh, as guardians. Right. I was yeah. about to say it has Peter McNeil, which you really can't go wrong with him. No, no, you 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 can't. Oh. And it, the it didn't tie in. Like they they find they're 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 putting away all this garbage from the nine realms. But then the staff that someone finds is a staff that's been on Earth for a long time. And it just yeah. – that was the problem was that it it tied in nicely at the beginning. But then mm-hmm. the actual story tied in just thematically. And it's like choose one. You know, pick a lane. Tie yeah. in thematically and or tie in nicely or easily tie in both ways. I mean they could have easily – had that staff be something. Why are we talking about Agents and I was of gonna Shield? Say, I was going to say the 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 Inhumans uh, showrunners and the you know head Marvel people at the movies decided to pick a lane, which was to not drive on the freeway at, at all. all. You know what? <laughs> they were just not even there. But th- really, there's not a problem with that. Do you have a problem with that? No, no I, I don't either. No. I don't either. Yeah, they they, d- they didn't pick a lane. They're down at the beach surfing. And I just hang loose, dude. They're down on the beach swimming in their clothes is what they're doing. Yeah. We we aren't here to talk about inhumans. We aren't honestly, we're not here to talk about uh Agents of Shield. We're we're here to talk about Thor, Ragnarok. And Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna throw it out there right now and then not come back to it again. But I think it's time for us to just Ragnarok and roll. What do you guys think? (laughs) Let's never talk. Let's never talk about that again. Actually, I, I, I come, I'm kind of into that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you I know, think it fits. <laughs> it's actually honestly, it does fit. Yeah, it does fit well. You Do must it, be a writer or something, Ben. Well, okay. Let's let's face facts here. That's not <laughs> obviously. I'm not the first person to ever say that. I won't be the last person to ever say that. But that's the last time I'll say it on this episode. There you go. Uh, yeah. Okay. So here's how we're going to discuss Thor Ragnarok. First, initial thoughts. Just just our broad thoughts and kind of spoiler-free-ish, but not intentionally so. We are going to spoil Thor Ragnarok in this episode. If you have not seen it yet, very quickly, I would say you probably want to go see it if you're listening to a podcast about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I'm, I'm going to recommend it to you right now. Because you listen to this podcast. Stuart, Samantha, quick, what would you say to someone who hasn't seen it yet in two sentences or so? Press pause. Go see it. Yes. All right. uh, this is most definitely a action comedy. And I think it's funnier than both of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. And yeah, I mean, they are absolutely going for that tone. They want you to think about the guardians of the galaxy movies because it is it's a guardians of the galaxy movie but instead of the guardians it has thor and a couple other people and i'll just leave it at <laughs> that has... for people who haven't seen it yet but we're going to mm-hmm. dig in deep on that idea uh no doubt in the rest of this episode so from here on out i'm not going to play the spoiler organ but you have been warned we are going to spoil thor ragnarok oh no spoiler organ i don't have time for it i love that Okay. I'm, I'm sorry, Samantha. I'm sorry. Okay. So we're going to start. <laughs> we're going to start with our broad thoughts, but they will be not intentionally spoiler free. It's just they're broad. And then we will dig in on some of the things about tone and style of this movie, which we've already talked about briefly. We'll talk about the characters 
and then story and 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 maybe even get into some themes and stuff like that toward the end. And then we have a couple voicemails from Daniel Butcher and we have a an email from a listener as well. So let's begin. Samantha. Yes. Did you like Thor Ragnarok? Yes. Okay. Stuart, did you like Thor Ragnarok? Absolutely. I did too. Okay, thank you for listening. And <laughs> have a great episode, guys. <laughs> so uh, briefly, I'm gonna pat myself on the back. <laughs> briefly, Samantha, um, just your initial thoughts. What do you? What would you tell someone, you know, at work or something, who says, "Hey, what do you think of Thor Ragnarok?" It's different from the other Thor movies and most of the MCU in a very good way. It's uh, the stakes are high, but you have a lot of fun along the way. All right. One of the things that I wanted, uh, I, so I recorded my own um, uh, driving their road trip episode, which no one will ever hear. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I wanted to do it so I could collect my thoughts. And one of the thoughts I came up with was I wanted something a little bit of some things, maybe a few more than one things um, that sort of were rewards for watching 10 years of the MCU. Right. Um, And I feel like we got that in spades and I am sure that I'll bring them up and I'm sure I forgot some. So that to me is a very important part of this. I mean, we've been seeing the MCU for 10 years. I want to be rewarded for that. Uh, the other thing is I wanted to see a pointing towards the big infinity war movie that's coming out. You may have heard about. Um, and I want to see where we're, you know, so, so I want to know that we're on the right path for that. Um, and on top of all that, I wanted to have a good palate cleanse from Thor dark world, <laughs> which I still have yet to rewatch. <laughs> Um, and I feel like all three of those criteria were met and were blown out of the water. They were total, very well done. Okay. Very well done. And then I'm going to kind of echo that. I I really enjoyed the movie itself. I had some issues with the movie. Um, one of the things that I'll, maybe I'll just mention here because I, I don't know if we'll get back to it in any official thing with our outline or whatever, but, um, the the humor was very PG thirteen in a junior highway. Uh, some of it, uh, it, it was not. <laughs> it was not the kind of thing that you know. It's it's not of a piece with the other Thor movies for sure. And it definitely felt more that sort of more mature and yet not um, humor. Now there was some very sophisticated humor going on as well, and there was lots and lots of humor. Uh, I laughed a lot. I was sitting next to Evan uh, at the theater and Evan and I went and saw it for Strangers and Aliens and we recorded our conversation on the way there, on the way back. If you want to hear our conversation, uh, you can go to strangersandaliens.com. You can hear just our initial reaction after the movie, but also some of the thoughts going into the movie. And also there's some faithy stuff for people who are um, of faith, you know, who want to listen to, you know, some of the ideas that we had about what does Thor Ragnarok have to say about church? Um, <laughs> it actually it ties in, especially if you're one of those youth group people from the late 80s and early 90s. There's, <laughs> there is something that I sing that you might be familiar with. But 
beyond that, uh, you know, this is not one for the little kitties unless you want mm-hmm. them asking questions like, what's an orgy? So there's that. Yeah. There's that. But I, I would say that the one difference is this movie is not aimed towards young kids in the same way the Spider-Man movie was. So it didn't bother no. me as much hearing some of the stuff in this movie as it did when I was watching, say, the Spider-Man movie. So, yeah, there's that. Yeah. Um, so, Ben, I have a question. Yeah. Are you going to be playing the voicemail that I called in with uh, the other day? Which one? I called in for Thor, this movie. Oh, oh. Um, because it, since if you're not, here I, now, probably not, no. Yeah, I was going to say, okay, yeah. great. So I can talk about what I, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. what concerned me. Um, I did have one concern about the humor and how it's used um, as with the tension of the movie. And someone pointed this out to me recently that um, the style of humor that they use and when it is used in the storyline, um, it's often used during moments of great tension and that can actually bring down the feeling of the stakes um, during those very tense moments. Um, one one uh, um, point that someone pointed out was uh, if you remember Spider-Man 2 with Tobey Maguire uh, when Mary Jane is kidnapped by Doc Ock uh, there's no humor. It's very t- intense, and that's when Spider-Man gets uh, his powers back. Because if you remember, he kind of lost his, in a very psychosomatic way, he lost his powers throughout the movie, and in that moment, he regained them. Um, and you could feel the stakes were high and very intense. Whereas here, there's a lot of humor punctuating those intense moments, and y- due to that, you don't feel so. Um, you don't feel that um, Asgard is threatened so much. Yeah, I could understand. I-, I could agree with that a little bit. Um, the one thing I would say is this is kind of the direction the MCU is taking in one branch. Uh, I think you have the serious branch that goes with a lo- uh, well, the Russo brothers. You know, Winter Soldier, Civil War, mm-hmm. Black Panther. I have a feeling is probably going to be along the serious branch. But then you have the the Iron Man branch kind of started i mean it's that's the that's the roots of the tree basically um but with avengers age of ultron i felt i think i described i can't remember which podcast i used this description but i described it as a uh, a teenage kid right who is just constantly making jokes constantly trying to make jokes and sometimes they're funny sometimes they're not but it's happening so much and it ha- it's also happening at inappropriate times as well and then you take take that up a notch with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, where there was no emotional beats allowed to happen without being punctuated by a joke or a non sequitur. Uh, you know, there's there's always constantly something that's happening. Any kind of emotional connection between two characters is interrupted or punctuated by a joke. And I feel like that's, again, where we're coming to here with Thor the Dark the, – not the Dark World, Thor Ragnarok – you have just constant joke, 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 joke. And I, I do feel like it brings down the tension some, and it also brings down some of the emotional connection that you might have. Uh, you're still connecting with the movie. That's the thing. You know, 
we talk about what is the meaning of art and i i feel like the the quickest easiest way is is what they used to say in my film uh writing classes and that was what the meaning uh, the purpose of art is to connect and if you make someone laugh or cry at a movie you've made a connection with them and if you make them think you've made a connection with them and then there's these emotional connections that you have with characters who remind you of you or are going through a situation that you can really uh, connect with. Um, and and w- with the movie It, I think we've talked about a little bit before, but um, I connected with that because I felt like I knew these kids. And some of the times I felt like I was those kids and they looked like I looked when I was young. And, you know, just that kind of dressed, not cool <laughs> so i i connected uh, okay. with them in that way you know and and so here we're making this laughter connection and it's constant it's probably the easiest connection you can make uh maybe the one easier connection to make is a jump scare uh but that's that's even more of a surface level connection than than just making people laugh at something and so that's not yeah, to say there's that, a truth to that yeah it's just I felt towards the end that, you know, it was, there was a lot of really great humor throughout the movie. It's just towards the end, I I felt like the impact of losing Asgard was not nearly as, as big as it could have been if it was much more dramatic, but it wasn't, I still had a really good time. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're kind of jumping into the negative right now. I mean, that's not a bad thing to do because there's lots to praise about this movie too. Um, But the humor was one thing. And it wasn't the constant humor. It was uh, the thing that made the humor not work for me in some places was that it was Thor and he felt out of character. I, I felt like the character of Thor was making jokes that he would never have made in the other movies because those other movies were straighter. Yeah, and, right. And so here I, he comes and now he's suddenly a comedian. And yeah, yeah. Instead of the humor coming from the characters around him, he's also a part of that. Yeah, but uh, there's also a counterpoint to that, too, is um, the Thor we knew before was basically stripped down and rebuilt throughout this entire movie. And that was his arc was changing from, you know, the Prince Thor who would run out and do adventures and then come home to Asgard, whereas now he is the king of Asgard. I, without t- argument. I totally agree that he, I think he has a great arc in this whole movie. I think his arc is wonderful, but his arc leading up to this movie did not include gaining a humor bone. You know, <laughs> yeah, it, true. It, it's just all of a sudden, Hey, I'm Thor. What's the deal with tube socks? Are they tubes or are they socks? You know, it, it suddenly he's a stand up <laughs> yeah. comedian. So. Yeah. Um, and the point of that was is that um, over the blooming of Chris Hemsworth's career, they found out, hey, he's funny, <laughs> like really funny. To quote Melissa McCarthy, he's he's on the schoolyard trying not to get beat up by the bully funny. So, yeah, well, and honestly, in in Ghostbusters, he's funnier in Ghostbusters than in both Thor movies. Uh, before this one combined and he yes. has he has comic timing in that movie he's great in ghostbusters one of the best parts one of the best reasons to watch ghostbusters is is what some of the stuff he does in that movie um but again it's just the character's out of character however if you're coming to this movie and this is the first thor movie you've seen 
there is nothing to complain about as far as that goes. I mean, it works mm. the way he plays it, the what he does with it. I'm a nitpicker who has lived with this with the first two Thor movies for since they've been out, you know, and I've seen both of them multiple times. Um, and plus the Avengers movies. But if you're coming to this and this is the first Thor movie you've seen, you're going to be like, I want to see those other Thor movies. And you're going to be really disappointed. <laughs> you are. A, yeah, there is a point to that. Yes. Uh, but that's the same thing. When Iron Man, the movie came out, that first Iron Man movie came out. I remember uh, thinking, okay, there are people going to go see this movie and everyone's hoping, Oh, this great successful Iron Man movie is going to cause everyone to come back to comics and people are going to read comics. They're also going to read the Iron Man comics that have been published up until that point, And they're not going to find the same thing that they found in the movie. Why? Because the Iron Man movie had to sell tickets and Thor Ragnarok had to sell tickets. And I don't, I haven't been paying any attention to the box office over the weekend, but. Oh, it's, I think it's, it's I think it's 12 doing well. million. And, and let's face billion? it. Yeah. Which Thor movie are you more likely to rewatch out of the three? Oh, I hate to say three, it. This one. one. <laughs> three, one, two. Was okay, okay. So is this, is this the first part of whatever phase infinity war is? So what was the last movie that we saw? Oh, we're still in phase three, I believe we're still in phase three. Yeah. Mm, I think infinity okay. war is, it's either infinity war or the movie after infinity war that takes us out of phase three uh, as far are the Avengers movie after infinity war. I'm not sure, huh. but I think that's what it is. Okay. Well, okay, regardless, so, oh, I, was, I was going to say the uh, the opening take for Thor Ragnarok is 121 million, which exceeded projections of 100 to 110 million. That's not too shabby. <laughs> not too shabby at all. It, so this also needed to be a good Thor movie. You know, because and and more, you just said that I know, but it needed to be, and and a good sort of original cast movie, right? Because the last time we had an original cast movie was, um, I guess it would have been Civil War, right? Mm -hmm. And that was too. The draw from that was that everybody was in it. It was essentially another Avengers movie. Except for Thor and Hulk, because they were here. We're here. Yeah. And and so then before, oh, does that mean we have to watch it right after we watch Civil War? Oh no, my timeline screwed. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, they they actually give us a timeline here, uh, and I don't remember what the timeline is from Civil War after Ultron, but. Here it specifically says two years after right. after Ultron that yes. Banner Banner has been Hulk for two years. Oh, and let's not forget Stephen Strange. Doctor Strange is in this movie too. So I mean, this picks up almost immediately after Doctor Strange's movie. Yeah, well, and I this, mean, the scene the scene that happens here is is that post credit scene, just a little bit longer. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so our complaint is just basically they changed up styles on us. That, and we're okay with that. Yeah, it's a complaint, and it's also not a complaint. <laughs> I guess. I mean, yeah. I, I can see it as a complaint. I am not complaining about it. Okay. But I am 
for the record, making a complaint, but also saying, I was laughing at the stuff I'm complaining about. So (laughs) I'm part of the problem that I'm complaining about. I was going to say, does Eeyore laugh? Eeyore laughs in the privacy of his own home. (laughs) Okay. So that's true. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, sometimes I'm not Eeyore. Sometimes I'm Tigger. There you go. And I tend to be rabbit lately these days. So I'm getting old. Let's just put it that way. Yelling at the kids to get off your lawn. Yeah. Well, get out of my cabbage patch, so to speak. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Anyway. I'm sorry. That that was a really poorly timed throat clearing when that really just needed to clear my throat. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, that was not related to the conversation. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, uh, so that's kind of our broad overview. Let's let's dig in then to the style here and the tone um, that we did like, and 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 I want to start this conversation right here. That music, man. That music. I loved the music. Yes. I yes, want so- this soundtrack so bad, but I'm holding off on, on getting it because my wife has said, you know, you could leave things for us to get you for your birthday and for Christmas instead of just getting it whenever you want it. So I'm being patient, but I know what I'm asking for for Christmas <laughs> and not just the score, but all of the music cues. And of course they go back to the, what's the song, the immigrant song. Yes. Twice. Yes. Twice. They open with it. They close with it. And it works. It works. They could have felt like overkill. Maybe that's why it worked. I mean, maybe the scenes that it was in demanded overkill. Yeah. Did you know that Led Zeppelin rarely allows films to use their music? And typically when they do, it's a, it's a Cameron Crowe movie. (laughs) So this is a special movie with a perfect music cue. (laughs) Yeah, well, and that's another surprising thing. I mean, they used the mo- the song from the trailer. I mean, it, it was in the trailer, and then twice in the movie. Uh, a lot of times, they'll use a song in the trailer, and it sets tone, but they don't u- end up using it in the movie. But I think they just said, hey, if it works, it works. Let's keep it. Yeah. And can I throw out one more music thing at you guys? Sure. In the Thor Hulk scene, where they are in the room, in the bedroom, talking the whole Hulk, like flaming fire, Thor, more smoldering or whatever. I was Hulk positive. in the hot tub. Well, around that scene, yeah. they're having a, this conversation about friendship and all that stuff. Right. Yes. I was positive. I was hearing some of the, the notes from the lonely man theme, the piano song that plays at the end of every incredible Hulk episode. And I said, oh, I did hear it too. Yeah, it was there and it was in the it was in the credits. They they credited the Lonely Man theme and I was so glad. Like that was one of the coolest things for me was to hear the that and then it's very subtle. It's very subtle and I didn't I mean I thought I heard it but I wasn't actually sure that I had heard it until I saw it in the credits. So Yeah, the Yeah. The, the score had a whole bunch of music cues taken. <clears throat> it just, Did you guys catch the Willy Wonka one? Yes. 
Oh my gosh, that had me laughing so hard. <laughs> I might have been the only one in the theater who 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 meet who caught it. <laughs> uh, as it's happening, I'm just like, wait a minute, that's not. What is? Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Oh. Wow. <laughs> and you're totally it totally makes perfect sense. Except why does the Grandmaster have it? This is something that Evan and I talked about. And I, I can give this one to the movie because I said, well, maybe the Grandmaster downloaded the movie Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory or whichever whichever the title is. Maybe he downloaded it from the Quinjets database. And loved it so much and thought, that's what I want. I want that for my introduction to my contestants. Actually, I thought it fit really well because the Grandmaster's world. And you got to, oh, we're going to get to it later, Jeff Goldblum as the Grandmaster. He's, he's sort of like this very bubbly very friendly kind of character but there's an undertone that he's also gonna kill you any second now so he's this psychopath yeah willy wonka has the undertone but not the actual tone right grandmaster has the undertone because there's the actual tone yes and and definitely he grandmaster is a psychotic evil version of, of a willy wonka uh who you know, isn't as nice and right. <laughs> isn't as concerned with other people. And yeah. Whereas Willy Wonka, weird things are going to happen to you, but you will leave the factory alive. Maybe. Whereas with the grandmaster, <laughs> you're not yeah. going to make it off of this planet alive. Probably yeah. <laughs> most likely <laughs> you can live on the planet, but you're not leaving it alive. Right. <laughs> Man, okay, so then the other thing about the tone is this felt like very much – when I saw the first Thor, I was reminded of like Flash Gordon and some of those epic fantasies of the 80s. Yes. This was that cranked up to 11. And Mm -hmm. I'm just – the 80s are back, man. I was just talking with my son (laughs) today. We were getting groceries and as we were walking – uh, toward the the grocery store, I saw someone wearing their flannel tied around their waist, and I had this terrible fear all of a sudden because the eighties are back right now. Does that mean in a couple years the nineties are coming back too? Yes, it does. Oh, oh I, I hope, hope so. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know that guy. 80s. You know that guy who who sits out on his. Uh, who sits out on his like 69 or 67 Thunderbird and like, he's got the really bad mullet and he like, you, you like you live in the seventies still, don't you? That guy. Yeah. That's me. But without, you know, appropriate time appropriate for the nineties. <laughs> so the nineties are coming, but right now we've got the eighties. We've got stranger things. We've got it. We've got Thor. Ragnarok. Ready Player One is coming out soon. Yeah. That's, that's like a love note to the 80s. I need to read that book. I've got it it's sitting good. next to my, my bed right now. It's my next book to read for my, my night good. reading. So, yeah. <laughs> the 80s, man. Thor Ragnarok. Just riding that yeah. 80s wave. 
riding the 80s wave and doing it in a modern way. So, I mean, the yes. 80s had a lot of style, had a lot of the style of the 80s is very interesting. It's also even more interesting now that they've been able to update it with modern technology, right? So his whole turning in, you know, getting the light lightning in his eyes, that could have been done very cheesily in the 1980s. But here, the, the idea is still the same, but it looks amazing. Well, but I just watched Return of the Jedi on Saturday with my kids and the lightning, the force lightning that was, you know, taking Luke down and, and surrounding him. And that looked it still holds up. And look now, very similar, I think, to what you're talking about here with, with Thor. Now, hold on. I'm going to push my glasses up just a tiny bit. Did you watch the remastered version or did you watch from the 90s or did you watch the original version from well, the 80s? this was the special edition, oh, yeah. yeah. Did they so, change it? No, wait, wait, wait. Though This is not the Blu-ray special edition. This is the DVD special edition. So the first round right. of home release for special editions. Right. Which they still changed. Did they change those effects? I, I am sure they changed lots of stuff. Well, we'll have to go back and look, but I remember it holding up. So bottom line is you're right. I mean, the, the things they were doing here is stuff they wanted to do in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And they might have tried to do in the 80s. But instead, they ended up with Flash Gordon or I don't know. Or what was the what was the Thor uh, Thor and Hulk? That was the Incredible, the Incredible Hulk, Hulk Returns. Right? Yeah, yeah. Right. That was Incredible a TV Hulk movie Returns. even. So. Right. <laughs> I want to go back and watch those. You need to. OK. We, if only we had a reason to go back to those. I think we can find <laughs> if something. Only, if only. <laughs> <laughs> except yeah well let's get through in humans and then we'll see what we can do let's let's <laughs> let's pick up the pieces after we've gotten through in humans and see how many hosts are left uh, Stuart, did you listen <laughs> to the last episode that we did about the inhumans that was no. that was so hard <laughs> it was depressing it, it really was, was so hard i watched the last episode of inhumans and I that ha- was uh, i haven't watched the episode that has aired most recently. Like, this is Sunday. We're, we're recording right now about Thor. <laughs> and basically I've said, I don't have to watch in humans right now because you don't I, want to spoil the taste in your mouth. There's that. <laughs> there's that. <laughs> so, okay. But we're not here to talk about humans Thor. So Ooh. should we go through the characters and kind of walk through uh, what we liked and didn't yeah. like and that we can start yeah. with Thor. We already talked about a little bit. I, I've had my say um, he's, a different character. Um, but his arc here, like you said, Samantha is he is moving from he's out. He's doing stuff for the kingdom, but doesn't want to be King. Never wanted to be King. Now he's come back and he's realizing I need to do stuff for the people. And that's what a good King is. He wants to do stuff right by the people. Did you uh, notice that there is a similarity with uh, another Disney classic animated movie? with this movie no what was it dumbo no okay you should not talk about loki's ears like that (laughs) explain (laughs) that's not what i was talking about you have my Uh, interest though in the movie dumbo dumbo thinks he needs the feather to fly Uh, (laughs) 
Oh, yeah. And in this movie, we find out that Thor does not need that hammer. That he actually had the power within him all All along. along. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And I really liked the the use of um, electricity in this movie, too, because, of course, in the beginning, we see that uh, his um, ability to control lightning and thunder is through uh, Milliona? Mew Mew. The hammer. Uh, (laughs) um, I'm sorry. I'm not that. I I can't. Don't speak uh, Norwegian very well. Um, uh, But. Uh, we did see a little bit that he the power was actually from within him because he did see a little bit of the electricity crinkling off of his fingers at one point. Um, and then uh, when he thought he was without his powers, he was trapped on the Grandmaster's planet and he was being controlled with electricity. He was yeah, being imprisoned yeah. by electricity. And then once he was able to break free of that planet, then he realized, oh, the power, he learned that the power was within himself and he didn't need the hammer all along, so. But I'll be honest. I'm going to miss the hammer. Yeah. I mean, when he it's shows true. up in Infinity War, I'm going to be sad. No hammer. Don't you think he can't? Well, no, because he has no hammer and there's no Asgard. I think I, there's got to be a hammer. There's got to be a hammer. Maybe, there's another maybe hammer he'll somewhere. Use, maybe he'll, he'll make a new one just to have it, but. Yeah, I also like that he picked up the hammer in the battle with the Hulk. He picked up that giant yeah. war hammer and was using that, and that was fun. Yes. So the I, oh, go ahead, Stuart. I was gonna say, I. It was interesting to me. To, I just thought of this that until he got his haircut, we're gonna put a pin in that one right there. We'll come back <laughs> to that in a minute. Until he got his haircut, he was pretty much the Thor we knew from the movies and all that sort of stuff. They chop all his golden locks off, and he becomes Wisecrack Thor. Uh, I think he was doing Wisecracks before that, though. Mm. He was a little bit. I mean, the movie starts out with him Wisecracking. He he makes Wisecracks yeah. to Surtur. He makes Wisecracks to the skeleton that's in the cage with him. Um, they But they felt almost in line. They felt in line with Thor from like you know, a, a funny thing happened in New Mexico and all that sort of stuff. They've it felt like that, and it felt like Thor from Avengers. Yeah, but yeah. when he's when he gets his haircut, he becomes no. I like you better. No, I like you better. I mean, like stand up. Com- what about the tube socks, mm-hmm. Thor? Yeah, I'm actually okay with that because it, if he was going to cut his hair, that was the perfect moment to do it because that was the shedding of the old Thor. And right. now we have the new Thor. I'm just Thor thinking about it. Uh, wow. <laughs> uh, uh. wow. All right. So Hulk. <laughs> Hulk. He has been Hulk for two years. And I just. Again, we have a changed character here. Basically, mm-hmm. they let him talk so he can have some wisecracks himself. And he's made a new life for himself where apparently he's been killing people. People are dying in the games because he's been winning battles and he's okay with it. Yeah. People like Doug. (laughs) Poor Doug. Poor Doug. Yeah. I, I really liked what they did with Hulk. I really liked that. And I feel like it took 
you know, Ang Lee's movie, it took um, Edward Norton's movie, it took Avengers, it took all of these movies to get us to believe that that guy, that big green monstrosity is actually there. Um, and then this one, I, I feel like this was the best Hulk performance ever because it was actually a performance, you know? Um, yeah, you, you know, it's it's us kind of pulling away from the TV show, from Lou Ferrigno. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, we, we we jumped into CGI with Ang Lee and Edward Norton, uh, but it was in here where they're like, okay, you know what? Let's not do Lou Ferrigno, Mindless Hulk. Let's give him a little bit of a sense of humor. Uh, I just wish they'd explained a little bit uh, behind it, but I think that the idea is that he was Hulk for two years, and so he's getting a little smarter. Speaking of Ferrigno, uh, did you know that he did not voice – the Hulk at all in this movie? No, because I, I, that. Yeah, go ahead. yeah, that was all. That was all Mark Ruffalo with um, with um, his voice being altered through um, filters. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, they were letting no. this was a performance by the mm-hmm. actor, and Lou Ferrigno doing the voice in some of the other movies was more of a anyone could do this, but here, it, yeah, it makes sense, yeah. right? Uh, and I liked that he, you know, sort of had a reason. I, it, I can't decide whether or not I feel like they made this Thor Ragnarok movie. Oh, let's put Hulk there. Or they went into it and said, you know what? We need to tell the story of Hulk and Thor. Where were they? How'd they get there? All that sort of stuff. The one problem I had with the Hulk was I still don't know very well how he got to Grandmaster Flash's, uh, you know, playground. I don't know how he got there. And I don't think it was explained very well. No, it, it no. wasn't. I mean, the implication is he went into space and fell through a wormhole. Right. Or... And he just happened to get there, whereas everybody else, I mean, I, I don't know. Well, well the impression I got with these with the worm with this planet is that this is the planet where the wormholes that have no destination just dump everything out onto. Yeah. Yeah. It is like the galaxy's dumping grounds. I mean, literally yeah. garbage is just falling through wormholes onto this planet, including unwanted people. Like this is the island of misfit toys in some ways where you just end up if you want to disappear, this is where you go. If the universe forgets you, this is where you'll fall. Yeah. And I also like, too, that um, they uh, implemented real theoretical science that just because Thor, when we saw Thor and Loki in just what looked like a few seconds behind or just within feet of each other in the Rainbow, Rainbow Bridge, that Loki was dumped out first weeks before Thor was. And I like that use of the actual space time yeah. uh, twisting. Mm-hmm. And they, they called it the Eisen Rosenberg bridge, Einstein yes. Rosenberg bridge. And they, and they named it something that's currently scientific. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, within this context, rainbow bridge is still legitimate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So Valkyrie new character. Um, I like her. I like that she was a strong female. 
I like that she wasn't, you know, pining after Thor, that she had, you know, some machismo, I guess is, uh, no, that's a wrong term. Please send your hate mail to me. <laughs> uh, but she, she was, she was, you know, kicking butt. She was good. She was, she was a fighter. And I liked that. And I like that she represented the entire Valkyrie line. Um, I think the Valkyries are a place that we could go into the Marvel Cinematic Universe and sort of see, especially if she's going to rebuild them, which it seems like she's going to do because that's what she does. It's possible. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, she's, yeah, I, she's likable and understandable. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. um, there's a little bit of a coincidence kind of thing going on here. Uh, but it's okay because again, this is the place where you fall when you are forgotten or you want to be forgotten. And yeah, I, here's something to think about. Yeah, but it's not like she just showed up yesterday for in Thor's point of view. She has been there a while. She's been there a and, long while. Yeah, it, so I don't think it's quite the co- like like a coincidence coincidence. I think this is something that could is, is a feasible coincidence in yeah, a story. Well, I mean, they show up and there's one other Asgardian on the planet and, and that works, you know, but here's the thing I want you to think about it, They fall off the rainbow bridge, quote unquote, off the rainbow bridge. As far as the, the bridge that that's made by Heimdall's sword, um, <laughs> you know, who else has fallen off into space? Never to be seen again. And maybe he's on this forgotten planet. Red Skull. <laughs> Red Skull. He could be there somewhere under garbage. Could could Sitwell be in there? No. No. I'm You're not going to let. I'm not going to give you hope on that, man. Oh, we no. do have a list of uh, confirmed characters who have been on this planet. Who have been sort of forgotten and fallen to this place. Should I read off the list? Uh, sure. Where Where is this list from? Uh, IMDb trivia. Okay. The Greek god Ares. The alien being Beta Ray Bill. Uh-huh. The android monster, the Bi-Beast. And, Ben, you're going to love this. The supernatural entity, Man-Thing. Yeah, I don't believe that, though, because... I don't think that, Well, I saw the picture. There was a mm-hmm. picture of Grandmaster's giant uh, skyscraper building with uh, Man-Thing's face on it that was in a trailer. And it had Beta Ray Bill's face on it as well and by beast like you're talking about. Um, I noticed Beta Ray Bill's face on it right away. But in the place on the where Man-Thing's face was in the trailer, they were building Hulk's face onto his tower. And so now I, I'm just wondering... Did I miss it? Did I miss it? Or did they change it? Because they changed a lot from trailer to movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm just wondering, how could I have missed this? You know, did they show it early on? And then it's like they were destroying Man-Thing's place. And so they were putting Hulk's face in Man-Thing's place. And I, I think, I don't think I missed it. I don't think it was in the movie. Because- it may have been a different angle. It might have been, and and I want to see, but I I just trailers are not canon for me. So nope. if it was in the trailer, great. Oh, especially not this one. No, I mean, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of different stuff. Well, maybe not a lot, but the place where Hella destroys the hammer, I thought that was like on a street in in a city, 
And I think they removed the background from that shot. I think that was done on a green screen and they shot it against, they composited against one thing and the final product is out in Norway somewhere. Well, all that Norway stuff felt like it was kind of a, a green screen kind of thing going on. Right. Um, I, I have a feeling they changed that in some part of me wonders because they've done the whole Odin gotten lost and he's in the middle of a, of New York city at, living as a homeless person. That's, that's a comic thing that they've done. And I could see them referencing that. And that's where the scene with Hella would have taken place. Then if, if they found Odin, you know, on the street in New York, then when Hella comes after Odin dies, that whole scene would have taken place there. I wonder if they moved it to Norway because another thing that they've done is they've brought Asgard down to earth in the comics. And that's the impression you get is they're, they're kind of moving to a place where Thor and his Norwegians land on earth. Ben. Yeah. You correctly predicted exactly what I have read that originally it was supposed to be set on the streets of New York, but okay. they decided to move that, that storyline to Norway in the middle of production. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And so it works. It does. I, I feel like it adds a different tone to the whole conversation with Odin, you know, and he's, yes. he's saying Asgard could be anywhere. It could be right here in Norway. So bring your ship and land it right here in this place, because that could be Asgard. And yeah, but there's some other so, things changed too. So I, Norway's just down the road from me. <laughs> and I'll, I'm I'm not kidding. There's a town in Michigan and up here from me called Norway, and they have a big Viking ship. And I laugh every single time I hear about it, especially <laughs> when the Olympics are on. And I'm like, Norway's playing. Who are they playing? Iron Mountain. Okay. <laughs> is there a curling rink in Norway? There, I'm sure there must. It snows be. as it snows as much as it does here. So, uh, they changed some other things too. Like Samantha, you'd noticed they they changed some things with Thor in from the trailer to the movie. Yes, um, in the trailer, uh, when uh, as you know, obviously in the conflict, when you see that he, he is uh, jumping down onto that bridge, I'm I'm not going to call it the Rainbow Bridge, but it's the from. It's that long bridge that's in front of yeah. uh, Asgard. It's the Bifrost. Um, the Bifrost. Thank you. Um, it's Rainbow Road from. Uh, Mario Kart. Mario Kart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nobody um, likes Rainbow Road. In the trailer, <laughs> uh, both of Thor's eyes are glowing with his power. In the movie, by that point, he's already he's lost one eye, thanks to Hela. Um, so yep. yeah, they changed that obviously to um, to protect the the um, spoiler spoilers. Yeah. yeah. Or, Again, maybe this is something they changed in mid-production, and they're like, yeah. let's, "Let's let's let's have Hella take out one of his eyes, you know, and then we'll just add a couple jokes at the end about the patch, and we'll also add in the the darkened eye in in post-production with the battle." And either way, though, uh, I wasn't expecting him to lose his eye, and so that was a cool moment when it happened. Yeah. Like father, yeah. like son. Yeah, and I think in in some places that would in in other people's hands it would have been kind of a cheesy move, but um, they did it right here. It just felt right, and I'm really surprised that most of this movie was improvised. 
And I'm wondering if that improv if that improv had an effect on this on the plot in a huge way. And I think maybe just through that organic uh, working of the movie that somewhere along the line, it actually improved the movie because it it was in the exact right hands with all this amazing talent. Uh, Let's talk about the Warriors 3. Oh, Uh, Oh, they're dead. Let's talk about Sif. (laughs) (laughs) Blind Spot's a really good show. (laughs) <laughs> I haven't seen that yet. <laughs> uh, Heimdale. Love him. He, he just keeps cool. getting better and better and better with every movie. They, yes, they, I, they gave him a great thing to do in this movie. Perfect. Yes. 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 He's and, not and, just a plot device. I mean, he he's mm-hmm. doing stuff. And Idris Elba is fantastic in everything. Yeah, I mean, even when Heimdall was just used as a plot device, I mean, he, he was just fantastic. Yeah, and I love the grizzled look of him, you know, just this guy who's just living out there, and I don't got time for shave, you know? <laughs> and, yes. Yeah, he's he's just out there, he's saving everyone, and yeah, he's, he's one of those unsung heroes that mm-hmm. we get to sing, so yay for him. Uh, hello. You know what? Oh, go ahead. Uh, I just want to say Heimdall and Valkyrie, either one of those characters could stand very well alone in their own movies and in their own story. And yeah. I think that's what that's what makes a really interesting supporting character is if you could pull them out of this main story and give them their own, they, they would do very well. Yeah, I mean, he has his own mini movie in this, really. I mean, as far as the things he's doing and the way he's doing it. And it's just him off on his own, like I said, saving saving the world, saving these people one one family at a time. And he's, yeah, he he's a, a citizen hero. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, Hella, as far as the villain of the piece goes. Um, Perfect casting. She had the look, man. I mean, yeah. when I say she had the look, I'm not saying from the comics, although I guess she kind of did from the comics, but mm. just this, uh, her face was perfect for the part, you know, it's just this kind of, I mean, they obviously made it up some, but, um, I don't she's, know. She, she is a, evil. She does. She's a hard, mm, her face has very hard angles, hard lines on it. I'm not saying that her face has lines on it, but well, they made very, lines on it. I mean, they right, but she's got very um, strong, strong lines on her face. Her cheekbones are very pronounced. Um, she has that sort of. Uh, I mean, Galadriel was the same thing. It was the same lady. So she has this very angular type face, and if you drop her voice down a little bit, I mean, she's an imposing character. And again, strong woman. Glad to see it. Now, evil woman. Don't get me wrong. But strong, nevertheless. Well, and they did a good job of painting her as someone that could be a threat in hand-to-hand combat with Thor. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that, that's what they had to do. They had to create a villain that you believed was a credible threat to our hero. And mm-hmm. so when they come against each other – and the other thing is these are two sides of the same coin here. You know, they're, they're, they're siblings and they both have wielded the hammer which I found to be very interesting. 
And yeah, when they come to battle, they're they're battling for the throne. One, you know, he 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 wants the throne because he wants to help the people. She wants the throne because she wants to rule the people. And she yeah. Gets what yeah, she wants. Did you get? No, oh, go ahead, Samantha. Oh, I was going to say, Kate Blanchett. Uh, the reason why she did so well in this movie—it's—it's it's not just her face. It's she's a trained ballet uh, ballerina, and I've. If you every actor goes through their their own process of how to how they learn how to act. Some people are just natural talent. Some people go through these fancy schools, and then you have the people who are were originally dancers and Kate Blanchett's one of those people. And if you look at every single role she has, it's not just her face. It's not just her voice. It's the way she holds herself in every role. Mm -hmm. Um, If she's going to be a wreck, she, she holds herself kind of slumped and she's a huge gigantic wreck. If she's going to be playing queen Elizabeth, she has fantastic posture. Um, I didn't know I didn't know the thing about the ballet, but I can yes. totally see what you are saying yes. and totally agree with it. And, and, you know, I'm, a, I'm going to assume that's true. So this makes perfect sense for her. She is, yeah. um, there's a, there's a school of acting where it's not just, you act, bec- it's not just emoting, you're physically changing your body to fit the character. Um, you know, for good or for bad. Some people have taken it way too far. She's, it sounds like she's doing, doing that, but in more of a fantasy way, um, fantastical way. Now the question is then, is it a good villain? (laughs) Is it, or is the motivation enough for her to want to rule the world? Yeah, this is where the comedy was really, um, bothering me because she could have been, if this had been more of a straight, more dramatic version of this movie, I think she would have been so much scarier, but they decided to go for the comedy. And I think that that took away from the tension of how dangerous she was. So that's why I kept complaining about the comedy, but the comedy was so good that I really can't say I hated it. So, (laughs) yeah, yeah, it's it's one of those we make the complaint, but even as we make the complaint, we we love it. We're still laughing, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I don't know if she's a bad villain necessarily or if she's if she's the part's not written for her. It didn't necessarily seem I thought it was interesting that at the end of the movie Thor doesn't have to kill either of those two people. Who you mean? He just, uh, scourge, uh, scourge or sorter? No, sorter, The devil or Hella <laughs> doesn't have to kill either of those two people. They kill themselves. Oh look, my hands are clean. Um, oh, I forget his name. I want to call him Ragnaros because he looks sort of <laughs> like that character from World of Warcraft. Okay, who is based oh. on Ragnarok? So I thought you I thought were saying making... Ragnaros, a uh, friends reference. I thought you were making uh, no. a Friends reference too. Yeah. No, this no. is a world. Of, this is a World of Warcraft reference. Uh, we are lost on that, or I am anyway. Yeah, yeah. I am yeah. too. The well, only thing I know about war- World of Warcraft is that there's a really cool walrus warrior. And <laughs> I wanted to get that figure, and I never did. 
but he looked really awesome in toy form. Well, I will say Ragnaros's signature line from from the uh, um, from the game. Too soon. Okay, I can't do my my, my voice is kind of screwed up right now. I can't I can't go very low. Can you? Well, are either one of you baritones? No, I'm bass. No. Yeah, I sing bass. Okay. Um, can you do like a really low gravelly too soon? Like too soon. Too soon. I don't know. Perfect. There you go. Too soon. <laughs> um, okay, so I'll send you a clip later. <laughs> <laughs> I did like uh, the ending, though. I mean, we're kind of skipping around here to to story stuff, but the ending with her by just give her Asgard. She wants Asgard, right. give it to her. But we're also going to give her the prophesied Ragnarok, and so the prophecies are fulfilled. And mm-hmm. the prophecies are fulfilled in the way they thought that they had stopped. And it was never going to happen. But no, it's fulfilled. It's done. It is exactly how it was going to play out all along. They just didn't know it. And it's... It, I what? love the moment. I love the moment where... I, and I kind of knew where they were going as soon as Thor had the idea. But it was a great idea. And it made sense. And it was... It was Chekhov's flaming skull head. <laughs> they brought it out in the act one and then they fired it and literally fired it up in act <laughs> three. And it was the perfect ending for her to say, you know what? Mm-hmm. Asgard is the people, not the place. She can have the place and let's just get the people out of here. And, and now they're, <laughs> Uh, well, it's kind of like out of the frying pan and into the fire. Yeah, kind of. It's it's totally, it reminded me of like the Battlestar Galactica, you know, where. Oh, yeah. Okay, so now we've got all our people on this spaceship and we're making a lonely journey to a place called Earth, you know, and, um, but it's. A, and they have a plan. <laughs> <laughs> I do not. Oh, so frustrating. What was their plan? The Nobody plan- knows. No, no. When they actually did the, the the movie, so Battlestar Galactica, the TV show from episode one is teasing that the Cylons have a plan to kill everyone. And what's the plan to kill everyone? Kill everyone. Kill everyone. <laughs> yeah, that's their plan. The, the movie that they made called The Plan after they were done with the series was basically showing well, they don't have a plan. They're just going to do this. And well, uh, Ronald te- D. Moore has actually said that he didn't have an oh, end game. Of yeah. course not. The end game was we'll figure it out when we get to the end. And then they get to the yeah. end and like, uh, yeah, let's just do this anyway. Oh, they're not really dead, <laughs> but they are dead. Oh wait. Those that's the wrong stupid TV show ending. Got it. Hey Sorry. now. Uh, you leave Lost uh, out of that's this. That's a whole different conversation. Uh about because Lost did originally have a plan <laughs> and then the network just threw them off. And they could not get back to it, so it's yeah. it, that that's not their fault. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> no, they really did. You sound so convinced. <laughs> Just sure. Uh, All right, moving on. Uh, moving on. No, I I believe it because it it felt like a solid story from the beginning, and then as the seasons went on, I lost interest. There are episodes of that show I have not seen because I I it made no sense after a while. Yeah, that's a conversation for another day. I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm not gonna defend the ending of Lost right now, but I will another day. Um, 
Yeah. Okay. So beyond that, then we've got Loki, um, who I is there an arc there when when you're the god of mischief and the trickster god and you know if can it, we trust anything from him that no, there's any real change? No. no. If there's an arc, it it's the arc of finally I'm going to be who I'm going to be and I'm not going to apologize for it. <laughs> that's that's the only that's the only thing I see. I think he's had a very slow arc from the beginning. I think when Freya died that things changed for him. But it's been he he's very hard headed and it's taking him a long time to to really change, but completely change, you know, because he, he's he's Loki, that's why. So Yeah, we'll see what happens with that. But do you think he has the uh the Tesseract? Oh, I don't know. I I kinda hope he does because Loki with the Tesseract is a fun is a fun movie. I can totally <laughs> see him. I can totally see him in in Infinity War sidling up to a to a Mister Mister uh, Thanos Thanos and be like, "Look what I have!" Or maybe he's just doing that, like right now. I mean, that post credit. There's that giant ship, and right. I don't recognize that ship. Evan Evan felt like he did, but I don't know what that ship is meant to be. I think that ship could be anything. But it's giant, and you know who else is giant? Thanos is giant. Thanos. And- I, if if I was going to bet anything, if I was going to put some money down on things, I would say that that's a, that's a ship in league with Thanos, and that therefore all of those Asgardian people are in a bad place because they're with Thanos. And if I was a betting man while watching this movie and realizing, Oh, everyone's on a spaceship and now they're flying to earth from Asgard. I wonder if they're going to meet someone. I was positive. They were going to meet rocket rocket and Groot. were going to be in the post credit. That's my brain. was just like, there's no way they're not going to do this. And then they totally did not do it. So I was wrong. 100% 100% wrong. I'm glad I'm not a betting man because I would have lost all the money on that bet. 100%. I mean, yeah, that's true. I, I, I guess I could have seen them show up. It's weird. They don't, they don't enter. The MCU doesn't intersect in places that I think it would. And the MCU intersects totally in places that I don't think it, I wasn't being set up for. Um, l- for example, like when Hulk smashes Thor several times back and forth and Loki stands up and cheers. Yeah, that's that hurts, doesn't it? I laughed. Uh, I might have been the only person in the theater who did. Oh, that was a great moment. Great moment. It was, mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was a reward for sitting through, you know, for watching since Avengers, since Iron Man, since well, the original Thor movie. And I mean, Hiddleston's performance, as soon as he realizes the green champion that he's never met before or seen before is Hulk. Right. And just his face. I mean, it's, it's, Oh perfect. yeah, it is perfect. So. And so, you know that- what? I just yes, realized ma'am. Loki. He's some, his, his change is, is he's such a mercurial character. 
I don't think he's really going to change. <laughs> I think thing, he did. Yeah. The only thing that's the only thing that will change about him, or that I mean, he's just not going to change. But be, that's because change is just him. He is who he needs to be for the moment. Mm-hmm. It's there, and so as long as he's by Thor's side, and it is good for him to be there, he's going to be a good brother. Yes. But well, sort of. Uh, as long as that's the place that is going to serve his needs. And as soon as he realizes, oh, I can, I could take over or I could do this or I could do that. Well, then he'll, he'll do it. But true. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm probably missing some character. Oh, grandmaster. Yeah. He he was perfect. (laughs) Now is he is he a comics? I mean, is he from the comics? He is, yeah, yeah. And he was talking about the contest of champions, and this is uh-huh. his contest of champions. That was the first big miniseries that Marvel did, as far as like a big crossover miniseries. It was three issues, and a, a, like dozens of heroes from the Earth were um, pulled away, and they were made to take part in the contest of champions. But then, so they're kind of putting that name into this world war Hulk uh, arc that they did recently where Hulk became, I mean, it's basically, um, Oh, what's the Russell Crowe movie? Gladiator. Yeah. <laughs> gladiator. It basically yeah. was gladiator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. He's a gladiator. And yeah, that's what they did. And it was actually a really good arc. I really enjoyed it. It was a year long thing, I think. And they did all these different, um, like one shots, but it's just one straight. And if you haven't read it and you have uh, Marvel Unlimited, I highly recommend trying to find, uh, if they have it like curated so that you can just read through all the Planet Hulk stuff. And then Planet Hulk turns into World War Hulk where he returns to Earth. And that was they- okay too, but. Yeah. They did have, um, they they do have the Planet Hulk stuff. I didn't like the art, which oh. was my which was my thing. That's unfortunate because that it's not like a bunch of mini series. It's like one long series of of stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, they're they're sticking with one artist on that. So mm-hmm. that ruins. But it for you me, know, I that's I mean, I you know, I I can get over things. Maybe I'll put it on my list of things to read. Well, that's good stuff. And Korg is in there. He's not the same Korg. Meek is in there. He's not the same Meek. Um, there's there's a bunch of stuff going on that's not nearly uh, what happens here. But yeah, so Korg and Meek, by the way, uh, Korg cracked me up every single yeah. time. Yeah. Cracked me up. I loved him. Oh, I loved I, him. Do you know who uh, does uh, plays him? It's the director, yeah. It's the director. Um, oh, is it really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it the director's name is I am so sorry. I'm probably gonna butcher this. Taika Waititi. Yeah. I'm so sorry if I butchered that. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, he did a really good job with that character. He he was just so funny. I mean, you see this guy, he, you think he's just big and dangerous and intimidating, and no, he's just he's cool. He's just soft spoken, cool. He just does yeah. what he's gonna do, says what he's gonna say. Yeah. So I almost thought he was a little out of place. Like the first time he showed up, oh that's funny. And then towards the end when he's 
I don't know. I almost felt it was just almost there where he was out of place. Yeah. Well, it, well, that end joke is one of those things, though. The the thing that he does at that last joke, where Asgard's falling apart, and he's like, as long as the you know the the foundations are there, it's okay, and right. this is going to be the new place where people will come, and they'll they da da da, and then it falls apart. He's like, oh, that's that's not. Never mind. You know, and, and again, emotional moment punctuated by a semi-inappropriate joke. Yeah. Right. But the whole point of the story was it's not the place, it's the people. So that joke supports the story, really. But, yeah, humor, big moment, yeah. So. Okay. Oh, I just remembered something else that we missed that is just – it's kind of important. The uh, fake thing down in the uh, vault on Asgard. <laughs> the fake gauntlet. Yeah. Yeah. That was fantastic. Where it he was, was like, this is fake. Not going <laughs> Speaking yeah. of other fake things, uh, did any of you catch the, uh, the, the guy who was playing Loki in the skit? Uh, Matt Damon. That that was funny. That was funny. And the guy playing Thor in that play was Liam Hemsworth, uh, Chris Hemsworth's brother. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you have Sam Neill playing Odin. I kept trying to put the Ben Affleck as the as the Thor. And then have Matt Damon and Ben Affleck in there. And I kept trying to like make that work in my head. And I was like, I know that's Ben. I know that's Matt Damon. I uh, done set in print. Is that Ben Affleck? No, but it kind no. And then it's Liam Tensworth. Yeah. yeah. So can I ask you this? How did Korg uh-huh. know about rock, paper, scissors? Is that like an intergalactic thing that just every culture in the galaxy it, it, has uh, a rock, paper, scissors game. It is. Yes. It is. Uh, okay. Rock, paper, scissors, lizards, Bach. I mean, it's true. That's yeah. true. Okay. Just, just I, make oh, sure. I, I mean, it's the same, it's the same way that, um, Peter Quill knows about trash pandas. <laughs> but he's at least yeah, but Peter Earth, Quill right? also, yeah. Peter Quill also lived in earth for a time. So, and who's to say Peter Quill, Oh, here's here's what's happened. Okay, oh, let's hear it. Let's yes, hear it. Going. Peter Quill showed up to this thing and you know got away or whatever. But first, he had to teach Korg about rock paper scissors. Yes, that's exactly what happened. Until that is changed in canon, that is my head canon. Okay, yeah, well, I, 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 that is works. believable. It works. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, let's see. Is there anything else we want to touch on before we wrap this conversation up? Not, not uh, both of you at once. I mean, we need to make sure that people can understand <laughs> what you're saying. So, I think we've touched on all. I think. That, I mean, I don't. Yeah. I can't think of anything that I'm that's that I'm missing. It's. I really enjoyed this movie. It was a breath of fresh air. Um, we've had some, some not so great Marvel things lately. Um, and this was very fun, very entertaining, lots of action. 
Um, had you guessing, had you, it pointed us into, um, infinity war and it rewarded us for watching 10 years of Marvel stuff. Um, and that's, that's all I can ask for. All right. Well, we should move on to listener feedback then. And by listener feedback, I mean, we get to hear from agent Jessica once more. She writes in and says, Hey guys, I saw Thor Ragnarok last night. Wanted to send my quick review of the show. Non-spoiler. I saw it in 3d, which was actually pretty cool. And is one of the few I would recommend seeing in that format. If you're on the fence, music was great as was hinted in the trailer. And it was just an overall fun movie, probably most similar to the guardians movies in tone. I think I laughed more in this movie than either the guardians movies or Spider-Man homecoming. And it might be in my top three of the MCU movies. Definitely top five spoiler. There were actually, uh, there were quite a few things that surprised me as I was watching, but makes sense when I think about it, this being the third Thor movie and comparing it to events in the third Cap and Iron Man movies, which is also probably a hint at what to expect of the third Avengers. Odin dying, the Warriors 3 getting killed, that was probably the most surprising. Glad Sif was missing in action. Thor losing an eye and Asgard getting destroyed. Luckily, Loki pulled the Coulson and sent in a helicarrier, I mean spaceship, to save everyone. I'm actually seeing it again tonight with a different friend, so I'll write more later, but I definitely enjoyed the movie, and I can't wait to hear your thoughts, Agent Jessica. All right. Thank you, Agent Jessica. Thank you. And now, Agent Daniel. Agent Daniel here. I may have a few calls today to talk about a little movie called Thor Ragnarok. Ah, maybe not the best movie at all in the MC. You, but definitely an enjoyable movie. Maybe even my favorite Thor movie. It is my favorite Thor movie, and I love Thor Dark World, too. Come on. Come on, Stuart. Come on. Come over to the good side here. But uh, first of all, just let me say in this call before it gets cut off. Congratulations, Marvel Studios. Congratulations, Disney. Congratulations, Chris and Kev Dog and the entire crew. You did it. You did it. It's not the world's greatest cup of coffee as we see in Elf, but it is a comic book movie. That's the thing that strikes me about Thor Ragnarok the most. This is a movie that's really a comic book with comic book beats and tropes. We have, uh, we have unneeded and unnecessary but yet fun violence. We've got faster, more intense action. We've got comedy to discharge the situation. We have fantastical and odd-looking situations. Congratulations. Yeah, there's a little bit of a lesson in there about family, a little bit of a lesson about our, our, our brothers. But, but honestly, this movie is a comic book, down to even the fact that it ends and Really, the ending is a continuation. They're going to Oklahoma, kids, but uh, but again, it's it's a continuation, which which is what happens every month. Is you know the story may end, but yet it still continues. This is a fantastical, humorous, enjoyable, entertaining story that is Kev Dog and crew translating comic books. Translating comic uh, comic books onto the big screen, and, and again, not a direct adaptation of Planet Hulk, but the concepts, the tropes, the beats that we find in comic books with comedy, action, maybe a little romance, 
reveals fun, oddness, weirdness, all in a, in a movie. And it does. It, it's the first MCU movie that feels like I'm reading a monthly edition of a comic book, a monthly issue. So congratulations. You've done it, at Marvel Cinematic Universe. You've done it, Marvel Studios. You've brought me a movie live-action comic book. Thank you. Thor Dark World is still bad, Daniel. It's not going to get any better. I'm sorry. I like Dark World. I did, too. I did, too. It's still bad. Well, if, if you think it's bad, then, you know, that's just your opinion. I mean, I can't yeah. stick I'm with it, man. It. Stick with it. Re- really? You're is, wrong. Have... Stick with it. <laughs> Own it. Own it. Yeah. Yeah. OK. I, I like what, what Daniel's saying about the comic book movie being. Yes. I mean, that's what we are getting here for sure. I... And you want to talk about changing characters, changing characterizations. That's that happens in comics all the time, all the time. Can't help yeah. it over the years. So maybe that's right. just what we needed to have happen here. All right. Here's another one from Daniel. Miscellaneous questions and thoughts for you to react to from Daniel Agent Butcher, the man in the chair. So Stanley's cameo. Is it me or is it just something that I wanted to see in my head? But they lingered on his wedding ring a little longer than I would have thought of. Uh, his wedding ring was definitely in the frame. At least I was noticing it for longer, and this is the first movie that has had a major release after the death of his wife. Um, I think that Spider-Man Homecoming um, was days after she passed away. But this one would have been the, the first time they would have had some time to maybe edit something in it. And I did notice that ring for some reason, that his wedding ring was definitely there. Um, where's Sif? So the Warriors 3 are all dead, but where'd Lady Sif go? Um, now, I'm assuming she's busy, but the thing is, is honestly, and we have Valkyrie, but honestly, it would have been interesting to see her and Heimdall interact, because one of the things that uh, we've not gotten in the movies, but we do get in the, in the comics, is that Heimdall and Sif are siblings. They're brother and sister. And it would have been a really interesting touch to see the siblings, um, her without the Warriors 3, um, leading the, the resistance uh, in Asgard. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. So many things that are, just popped into my mind. To be honest, I, I like how we do the, the reach out to past movies. Uh, that was enjoyable. Uh, I really liked. I just liked this movie. I laughed a ton, an absolute ton. And again, I keep thinking that there's something important, Ben. Ben, what am I missing? I'm missing something important, Ben. I can't even think of what it is. It was right there, but there's stuff going on. Yeah, uh, interesting. Uh, Grandmaster Jeff Goldblum, fantastic, absolutely fantastic and over the top, which is exactly what we need from the Grandmaster. Uh, one of my favorite parts of the uh, Tower of Terror, the New Guardians of the Galaxy ride in Disney California Adventure, is just actually a picture of Grandmaster and uh, the Clutcher side by side. I I really enjoyed that. 
but, uh, yeah. Well, I, I hope you enjoyed it too. Oh, and I loved, I loved uh, the, how they really did do great call-outs to Planet Hulk. They really did follow that storyline pretty well, including even bringing in Meek. Um, so yeah, that was, that was really, really cool how they really did find a way to adapt Planet Hulk and make it Planet Thor. Uh, that was cool and interesting. So, alright. Well, until I remember that other thing, peace out later, bye. Daniel, calm down. I don't know what you're missing, but, uh, you need to calm down. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Stanley, we didn't talk about that. What'd you think? I I wonder if they're taking the Stan Lee cameos just a tiny bit too far now. I don't know this is the most this is the most absurd of, of oh, yeah. And to be fair, this is probably the most absurd movie <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that we've had. So uh, I don't know. I I liked it, but I was just like, okay, uh, oh that's where he is. All right, good good job, Stan. I did I notice the ring. I didn't. I, I didn't. I was uh, looking at the the spinning buzzsaw. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't notice the ring. Um, I also didn't notice. Didn't know that his wife had passed, and and that makes me sad. Um. So. Okay. Well, we have one more <laughs> from from Daniel. Maybe he remembered that thing he was trying to remember. Ben, Ben, Ben. I remembered. I remembered. I remembered what it was, Ben. I remembered. I remembered. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready, Ben? Are you ready? Okay. Here it comes. Here it comes. Take that, Iron Man 3! That's how you end a third movie in a trilogy. Boom! You know what? You know what I'm not left with at the end of Iron Man? uh, I mean, of Thor Ragnarok? I'm not left with, like, confusion about whether or not my hero is going to still be a hero or if he's going to pass on his now dead hammer. No, I'm not worried about that. In fact, I'm sitting here, I'm sitting pretty, and I'm like, dude, okay, first of all, you've grown in responsibilities, and you're clearly, like, looking out for an entire people now, because you are now not just Thor the Prince, you are King Thor. You're King Thor. Okay, so we got that. Boom. And we got magic lightning. Boom. So it's not like he's like, I'm going to put down my magic lightning. No, no, he's still got his magic lightning. And, again, going back to my original point, which this is a comic book movie, it ends with us getting ready to go into the next graphic novel slash major crossover event. Oh, yeah! Take that, Iron Man 3. Thor Ragnarok just danced all over you and said, you know what we are? Well, we're not Captain America Civil War, but we are... Better than you, Iron Man 3. Oh, yeah! Uh, <laughs> you know what I miss, Ben? I don't know what you missed, Stuart. <laughs> I miss Daniel being on the show. Yeah, me too. Daniel, <laughs> come back and be on the show. Yeah, you guys are too come- nice to me. Daniel Daniel, and I, we, we tell each other how it is, you know? And yeah. Daniel, I'm just going to tell you how it is, man. Iron Man 3 was still good. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you say. Okay. <laughs> we... I'm going to go rewatch Iron Man 3, and I'm going to make 
make the definitive answer on that. It's not going to be definitive, nor am I going to watch it, but I'm going to give an answer. <laughs> so, it's so, not a, so none of what you said is it matters at all because you're not doing no, any of it. And no. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I think that that is the note we should leave on then. So do you guys have anything to say to our listeners before we go? Because I have something I need to say to one of our listeners before I go, but I'm holding on to that. Right. Yeah. What do you think? If you're if you're stuck in the gladiator gladiator cage and the grandmaster world, don't be a Doug. Be a Thor. <laughs> don't be a Doug. Be a Thor. Yeah. Do t-shirts. Can that just, needs to be on a t-shirt. Can you just choose not to be a Doug and just choose to be a Thor? Though I mean, it, yes. Okay. All right. All right, Stuart. Uh, I, I can't top that, Ben. What are you talking about? Oh, okay. Fine. You <laughs> Great thank, movie. Thank, the, uh, thank people for listening. Thank you. Ask them to send feedback. I I was getting there. Okay. Thank you for listening. Um, I really appreciate you guys calling in. Jessica, thank you for writing in. Keep writing in. Casey, you need to call. I'm calling you out on the show. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And all I'd say is, Daniel... Uh, I first thank you everyone for listening. Second, Daniel, calm down, man. Calm <laughs> down, okay? Yeah, just take this rage you have, and you know what? You know what? Hey, big guy, sun's getting <gasps> real low. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard us, now we'd love to hear from you. Go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback where you can contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling one seventy seven fifty five level 7 You can also join the lively conversation going on at facebook.com slash welcometolevel7 or connect with us on Twitter where we're level7pod. And remember, the 7 is spelled out. Our theme music is The Light Fantastic by J.S. Earls, and you can find that at transplant.bandcamp.com. Welcome to Level 7 is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh with our clean comedy, delve into science fiction and philosophy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx. And once again, thanks for listening. Okay, guys, so I, I really don't have a, a post-credit planned. So um, I was just going to do something like, uh, in the next episode, Inhumans. Yeah, but, mm. yeah, we, well, I, hey, there's still two more episodes. I'm still holding out hope that these two episodes wrap it up enough that even if this is the low point in the MCU, it's not a terrible low point. It's just still good, but just on the bat, on the, the lower side of the good. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I'm holding out hope. It's not... It's not going to make me cry like when Thor walked up to the Hulk and said, hey, big guy, I made you sun's cry? getting mighty low. I cried. I did. Really? I, Why? I might have had tears because I am an emotional person. I'm not dead inside like some <laughs> people. I didn't cry. I laughed. I, I, cr- I cried because you I was cried laughing too? so hard. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I so no, but it was an emotional thing. He was like, he was like trying to connect with Bruce Banner because he hadn't seen him forever, and they're friends from work. It but was no. a jokey thing, though. It was 
Like no, they're playing no. it for laughs. You know that they are. No, okay. I I knew exactly where it was going. And that's why I was laughing so hard because only Black Widow can do that for for the Hulk and have him calm down. <laughs> Thor was kidding himself when he started that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, fine. And the movie what was a- kidding us by saying, "Hey, remember this? It's going to be funny because <laughs> it's a big dude saying it and not Black Widow." <laughs> But but then but then she shows up at the end or shows up later and that like tugged, tugged at the heartstrings. That tugged. That it, definitely did. Yeah, that did. Yeah, that <laughs> one. That one did. Okay. But having it's Thor say it, oh my gosh, that was great. <laughs> that this was a good movie. Well, then I he was. kept saying it over and over again, though. That's the other thing. <laughs> yeah, is, that was, it's like that. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, let's let's take this joke and let's drive it into the ground. So, the joke all right. I just heard oh, a mousetrap snap in my kitchen, so I need to go take care of that. Uh, oh, there is there is a huge question though. <laughs> What's that? If the Hulk cannot change back into Bruce Banner, is is that trick ever going to work again? I don't know. That is a great Black question, Widow. though. Will he? He he predicted that he would not be able to change back, but is that just an emotional reaction? Or have we seen the last of Mark Ruffalo's actual body and face? And no, because he's in he's in Infinity War, right? But is he in Infinity War as Mark Ruffalo, or is as he in Bruce Infinity Banner War or the Hulk as green CGI guy? They will figure out a way to get Bruce Banner in in Infinity War. Yeah, we'll see. Well, that that that's a question we will have to wait for next year. Not much longer. Nope. But first, Black Panther. Yes. That's right. All right. But first, Inhumans. Yeah. Thanks, Stuart. Thanks for reminding us. Now you two get to cry. Now you two get to cry. (laughs) Peace out. Later. Bye. Bye.